As Michigan's most powerful and influential voice for business, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce stands ready to serve you. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com to learn more now. That's six-year-old Rosie White of Redford Township. And as you've just heard, she's talking about Juneteenth. That's the day the last enslaved Africans in Galveston, Texas, were informed they had been freed by the Emancipation Proclamation, more than two years after it was signed. Since then, the date has become a sort of Black Independence Day, a day that symbolizes freedom. Juneteenth, Juneteenth, it is our day. Rosie likes to inform folks about these things, and it's sort of her job in a way. She was crowned Miss Juneteenth in the city last year. The same year, President Joe Biden signed a bill to make June 19th a federal holiday and bring it into the mainstream. I think this will go down for me. It's one of the greatest honors I will have had as president. But that federal recognition came more than 150 years after that first Juneteenth and after a year of protests in response to the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. I believe it's a political bait and switch of people who want to do something um, to appease Black people. So even though a day to celebrate freedom is being observed, community members and historians insist there's more work to be done. More to be done on institutionalized racism. More to be done in light of the deaths of people like Patrick Leoya, who was fatally shot by a Grand Rapids police officer this spring. I assert that African people in this country have never not been under the uh, auspices or the lash of oppression. On this episode, we look back at the origins of Juneteenth and talk with Detroiters and historians about freedom. The same opportunities, socially, economically. I'm going to say, has freedom been attained? Yes, until phones. Um, It's not something in this country that we've ever had. What does freedom look like and has it been attained? Mm, You're trying to get me into some controversy. My name is Kerry Jr. II, and this is On The Line. Days after the Juneteenth holiday was signed into law last year, Rosie White was crowned Miss Juneteenth by the organizers of Juneteenth and Detroit Family Day. Okay. Thank you both for talking with me today. Um, you already She was a bit shy at first when I met her and her mom to learn about it. Luckily... She warmed up to me a little. My name is Kenya White. This is my daughter, Robin. We call her Rosie. Okay. Rosie, say something. Hi. What's your name, girl? Rosie. How you doing, Rosie? Good. How old are you, Rosie? Six. Six years. Finna be, I'm seven in June 26. Oh, okay. So a week after. We also want to get, if I can get your age as well. How dare you? 45. Well, excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Well, as Rosie put me out there, just threw me under the bus, I am am 45 years old. Why is Sunday a special day? Huh? What makes Sunday so special, June 19th? June 19th makes me special because, because I can teach 
people about Juneteenth, even though I don't have a classroom about Juneteenth, I can still teach people about Juneteenth. Awesome. And when did you start teaching people about Juneteenth? Um, when I was like five years old, me and my mom made this video about Juneteenth, and my mom had made a lady and told her about it, and then I became Miss Juneteenth. We actually, um, we got a little segment going. It's the Go Rosie Grow Show, 19 Days of Juneteenth. Okay. So she's been making, God bless you, she's been making 30-second videos or less um, about Juneteenth. Started June 1st until June 19th. So, Mom, when you were thinking about doing this, was it Juneteenth that came around? Because she was doing videos before that, or was it particularly Juneteenth that brought No. Her? So Rosie is usually known to portray famous black women, mm -hmm. right? So we have a strong um, viewing in black history because she'll do black history videos about black women or inventors. But, you know, because Juneteenth is a newer black holiday, it's it's great, actually. So we wanted to, to teach our people mm -hmm. um, about Juneteenth. Juneteenth is very, very uh, mm -hmm. popular in Texas, but here in Michigan, it's like new to us. So we wanted to share what we learned to Michiganders that just happened to take off across the world. This, I hadn't heard of this, um, this event. That's Detroit journalist and historian Ken Coleman. There has, in, in Ontario, always been an Emancipation Day um, held at Jackson Park in Ontario, where there was, part of it was, a pageant that, that, that crowned a Black woman a uh, young black woman as um, you, is sort of the queen of that year's set of celebrations. Ken is one of two experts we spoke with to learn a little bit more about Juneteenth on top of what Rosie had to share. If it creates a better understanding of one's history, I'm for it. We also were joined by Professor Kafense Chike. Well, my name is Kafense Chike. I am a lecturer of African-American studies at Wayne State. I first became familiar with Juneteenth about 40 years ago, when it was less popular. Unfortunately, learning much about the American Civil War and the American slavery um, period uh, in our country and Juneteenth were really things I didn't learn until I was a student at Wayne State University, uh, beginning in the late 80s. What is Juneteenth to start off? Well, Juneteenth is a celebration uh, of the emancipation of African Americans from enslavement. And it's celebrated on June the 19th because the word, and, and this was really a regional thing. Initially, it began in Galveston, Texas. A lot of people think the Emancipation Proclamation immediately freed enslaved Africans in 1865. <clears throat> the Emancipation Proclamation was issued on January the 1st in 1863. That's two years before the Civil War ends. And the Emancipation Proclamation specifically freed enslaved Africans that were in the Confederate States. It was, a, it was a military strategy because if you free these enslaved Africans that are behind, metaphorically behind enemy lines, then you, in, at least in theory, have a possible uh, enhanced force of people that can help you win the war. And and how many people we talking were still working that that hadn't been freed? I would have to look in my notes, but it, it was uh, it, there were several thousand. In fact, it's generally reported as two hundred fifty thousand people in Texas. 
you know, de facto slavery continues <laughs> for quite some time in the form of sharecropping and the time and, and in terms of white folk not wanting to give black folk the right to vote. And some of these things go on for decades, right? The 13th Amendment ended slavery with a modifier or a clause that if you have been convicted of a crime, you could still be enslaved. There were two important documents that came out within the past 10 or 15 years. One was the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, where she points to this idea that slavery continued to exist and it could do so legally within the context of the, uh, that clause in the 13th Amendment and also the documentary by Ava DuVernay, uh, 13th. I assert that African people in this country have never not been under the uh, auspices or the lash of oppression. We went from physical chattel slavery to sharecropping. What coexisted with sharecropping was convict leasing. That lasted, in some cases, well into the 60s. You should explain that term, brother. Well, convict leasing, sharecropping, is, was when slavery ended. You had people who called, they called planters, they were slave masters or enslavers. And you had our people who were the laborers. They still needed cotton picks. They still needed this work done. So someone came up with the idea, we'll lease you land. You need, we needed the land because that was the means of production. Where if you were incarcerated, they, various counties or different municipalities, county governments or whatever, could lease the inmates out to these planners. You see, and to help facilitate this, there were laws made to make it easier to incarcerate Black people. Hmm. So what happens next? Convict leasing and sharecropping. Then we get the Plessy versus Ferguson decision, which legally relegates Black bodies to spaces that they can and cannot be in. We have a victory in 1954, which reverses legal segregation. Shortly after that, we get the, we had a victory of, of uh, the uh, Civil Rights Act, the Voters' Rights Act in 64 and 65. And you see heightened protests and demonstration in the streets. This morphs into the Black Power Movement by the about 66. Then what uh, Nixon uh, inaugurates or initiates is the era of mass incarceration. And the next major uh, accomplishment or perceived accomplishment we have is in 2008 when Obama gets elected. And I say that to say from Reconstruction going forward, and we're seeing it play out now, there has been a consistent pushback against the idea of enslaved Africans being free in this country. Coming up, Detroiters, historians, and Miss Juneteenth weigh in on the holiday and their own concepts of freedom. Freedom. 
As Michigan's leading statewide business advocacy organization, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce is on the job every day standing up for job providers in the legislative, political, and legal arenas. We are the unified voice of thousands of members who employ over one million Michiganders. We work with trade associations and local chambers of commerce of every size and kind in all 83 counties of the state. We know business in Michigan. Learn more today about how we can protect, connect, and strengthen your business. Whether that's advocating on your behalf at the Capitol, helping meet your informational training and networking needs, or boosting your bottom line visibility and voice, we're on the job for you. Make my chamber your chamber. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com, to learn more now. We're back talking with historians Ken Coleman and Professor Kifinze Chike about how Juneteenth is observed. We'll start back with Ken. Was Juneteenth still being celebrated or recognized during those periods of time? Did it slip out of collective consciousness? Because it seems as if, you know, nowadays it's kind of having a resurgence. It it slowly becomes, you know, part of the African-American experience in a more expansive way. And what is something important that you've learned about Juneteenth and this experience? Miss Juneteenth, Rosie, and her mom, Kenya, again. I learned a, a point about Oprah Lee that she was a, a federal, like, she is known as the grandmother of Juneteenth. Oh, I, don't think I, I didn't know that. So yeah. and, she, and she also pushed for years to become a national ju- Juneteenth. Oprah Lee? Opal, Opal, Opal Lee, like Opal the shape Lee. Opal Lee is okay. the grandmother of Juneteenth. And she pushed for years for Juneteenth to become a federal holiday. So here we are. So here thank you, Opal Lee. Thank you, Opal Lee. Shout yeah. out to Opal Lee. So Rosie is obviously pretty well informed on this, but we wanted to ask some Detroiters about it too. What do they know about Juneteenth since it hasn't always been nationally recognized? Honestly, I just heard it was a black person holiday. Uh, was that like the like the official day or whatever that uh, I, I believe that they celebrate that uh, black people um, and uh, slavery had ended or whatever? Um, Juneteenth was started in Texas um, to commemorate the sort of eventual knowing of the end of the, or the abolishment of slavery. I can remember being a young reporter 20 years ago. And uh, Martha Scott, who was a state house, uh, state uh, house member and then state senator, every year would introduce a Juneteenth bill. It was only until maybe about 15 years ago, the Democratic governor, uh, Jennifer Granholm, um, the legislature passes the resolution. She signs it. Um, you begin to see, and not just because of that act, but you begin to see more of a, uh, an understanding and acknowledgement of a Juneteenth, at least here uh, in Michigan. Do you acknowledge, observe, celebrate, whichever word you want to prefer to use, Juneteenth? Yeah, so it's like... Professor Chike. Whenever we have a celebration, I think it's important that there's substance to it. Yes, I engage, I participate, but I see it as a means to continue to educate people about our history, our culture, our plight, and what I think we should be thinking about as we try to, or should be trying to change our, uh, 
our circumstances and to go to the idea of free to truly know and actualize what freedom is. Uh, Ken, what is your response? Do you celebrate? I've got two speaking engagements next week around events that are themed to celebrate Juneteenth. Probably going to say the same thing to them that I'm saying to you today, uh, at least as federal, uh, federal acknowledgement, I believe it's a political bait and switch of people who want to do something um, to appease Black people, but ra- and rather not do the more heavier lifting uh, around some of the civil rights, uh, voting rights, and, and, and uh, gun reform, police reform that this country desperately needs to do. And have you observed it? Have you celebrated? Um, I think with my family. What do y'all do? Um, just like get together, um, barbecue, we say some prayers and stuff like that. Um, I'm happy to see uh, so many um, black people learning about or hopefully using the, the day to learn about why it happened. And um, we have the 4th of July, so I love seeing black people treat Juneteenth as the same thing because they kind of are similar in a way. Well, to look at it comparably, I think maybe in 1865 or 1866, when the first actual celebration was formalized, I could see it having a more celebratory context because the physical reality of slavery was more real. So it's like, okay, we are no longer bound in this way. But Brother Ken uh, talked about de facto slavery. And I think as we celebrated in 2022, the question for us should be how free are we? Are we free? And what does freedom really mean? What does freedom mean to you? Being able to speak freely, think freely, go places freely, <laughs> um, live your life freely, basically. Not going on Twitter and seeing a, somebody being a hashtag that would feel very free to me. Um, Not seeing, uh, right now we have the inflation issue where gas and groceries and such are a a big burden for people. And I feel like the most people affected by that are people who look like me. Not seeing that be an issue would be a freedom. Just people being able to live without having to be hyper aware that they look different from somebody else would be freedom. Freedom means that we have the same opportunities and advancements that other people have. That we can go to school, we can have jobs, we can enjoy the same freedoms that persons of a so-called um, the majority have. I can't go to the grocery store and not be in fear. I can't go in church and pray and not be in fear. I cannot. This is a reality that as we come to celebrate this holiday and as we're so grateful, not necessarily me or Ken, to Biden or whoever else with the legalization of this holiday. I need to be realistic and say, am I really free? If I'm an American, which why don't I really enjoy the fruits that are supposed to come with being a citizen? And if that's the case, then I have real problems that I have to address in 2022. For me, I think freedom is uh, the ability to own and control the institutions that are quite required for people to meet their basic political needs. Um, What freedom means to me 
is that I'm afforded the same rights, um, the same opportunities socially, economically, um, as people who are white. Um, I, and, and, you know, I know that that's a goal that we have to continually work toward. Uh, you know, all of these um, opportunities that have been lifted up by governments as uh, a day off from work, all of these things have to have more tied to them than just on so-and-so-and-so-and-so date this happened. The therefore, what do we do next, is what I'm looking, what I'm hoping to see as we progress as a nation around the acknowledgement of Juneteenth. Has freedom been attained for Black folks in America? can't really say that part. You can't, you can't so, say it. Kind of, kind of yes, and then kind of no. Okay. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, are some things better than our parents and grandparents? In a way, um, but some things have just kind of shifted into other things. I'm going to say, has freedom been attained? Yes, until phones became popular. Because things that are happening to my fellow black people are getting recorded. Mm. And it may have been happening all along, but now that we have phones, it's out and it's getting outed. So mm. we're not quite as free as we thought. Not when people can use the N-word freely and discriminate against you because of the color of your skin, be it black, brown, or yellow. Um, I certainly don't criticize people who may throw a party <laughs> or might have a uh, a forum on you know that issue or other issues i mean i acknowledge it, it it does help to facilitate larger more difficult discussions that people just for whatever reason don't have as much much interest in so i, I get that if we're going if we're going to have um a conversation on juneteenth if we're going to have a, a gathering on Juneteenth, let's be serious about that, right? Um, and that that's work, and I get it. It's not as cool as, you know, hanging out at a barbecue um, but or picnic. Uh, you can marry the two concepts, right? Doesn't have to be one or the other, right? That, well, I spoke to some, I went out to Bell Island just walk, and I was talking to some people asking the similar question that I asked you, and they said similar things. They didn't say specifically that phones were accessible. That's different. Mm -hmm. But the part where it was like, in some ways, yes, in other ways, no. And mm -hmm. to me, I just think, well, if you think like practically in terms of the issues that are still, that still need to be addressed, mm -hmm. it would be easy to say, no, it never happened, right? But there is a moment, especially well, Juneteenth, mm -hmm. those in Texas, when you're no longer an enslaved person, there's a moment, at least internally, psychologically, where you're thinking, oh, this is free. This is what the best thing, this is everything we could imagine. Mm -hmm. So the rights movement comes through. One of the great, oh, great achievement. We're moving through. Barack Obama getting elected. Exactly. Oh, we're, like these moments where we're thinking, like, this might be where we feel like yeah. we made it, right? Yep. And I don't know that it ma whether it matters, how much one matters or the other, but that feeling of freedom versus, exactly. like, the reality of freedom is such a weird contrast to So it's think like about. being optimistic because things are happening for black people, mm -hmm. but then there's something that happened and it's just like, oh, boom, 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 like a reality check, and then we're back up, and then it's like a reality check. So it's like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. But I'm just teaching Rosie to be optimistic that black is beautiful, black is proud, and we black, and you can do what? You can do anything you want to. That's it.
Thank you to Ken Coleman, Professor Kefense Chike, and Kenya and Rosie White. Additional thank yous to Ken Carter, Elisa Lamb, Noel Milton, Emerald Shaw, and Bridget Wright, who we spoke with out on the streets. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran, with help from Pavithra Rajesh. Anjana Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. As always, thank you all for listening. Please share this show. Follow it on your favorite podcast app, wherever you listen to podcasts. Like and subscribe. And uh, we will see you next week. I do have one other question oh, for you. Oh God, we set us, he set us up in again. In a good way, in a good way. I just want you to, what, who, are the, who are some of the favorite, some of your favorite historical figures that you've been able to embody over the last year? Hey, I know Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks? Yeah, and who else? And also Whoopi Goldberg. So Whoopi Goldberg uh, sent her a personalized letter, oh. you know, voice message, right? So Rosie done learned the the message and she uses her Whoopi Goldberg Goldberg voice to do it. So go ahead, Rosie. I just saw your wonderful portrayal of me for Black History Month. I thought it was fantastic. I think you are fantastic. You sound like me. You look like me. You got the lipstick. I think, you know, maybe you need to be doing the show, but maybe you have to finish going to school first. But I just want to say thank you for thinking of me. I think you did a great job. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.